everybody. Welcome back. Uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, this is, of course, Radio Gripe. I am one of your hosts. I am Joe. I'm Jen. And this is our general discussion show where we get into all manner of stuff, uh, current events, tip, you know, mainly. But yeah, we kind of go all over the place. Before we get uh, any further, I need to let you know because this is super fucking important. The opinions expressed here on Radio Gripe do not reflect the opinions of KBSR as a whole or any of its other parts. Uh, we do what we do because KBSR is rad and they let us do that. So, uh, that out of the way. Been a nice big week. Uh, it's been it's been a fun, like, uh, whimsy week insofar as news is concerned. Week of wacky news. We'll get to that in a moment, maybe. Uh, Jen, do you got any? Uh, you got any recent stuff? You got any check-in? You got any? Uh, what had me so excited the last few days and had me all riled up when I got home from work yesterday has been this GameStop situation. It's been fun. This story. We were we were talking about a little bit about this, and I didn't want to get too deep in the specifics of it. Uh, Wall Street is wild. Uh, the kind of math that gets pulled is straight wizardry uh, in, in the stock market. But we do want to talk about it. Uh, a lot of us aren't familiar with the uh, wizardry of the stock market. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm looking at a Reddit post that uh, tries to explain the concept of short selling. Uh, so we can go ahead and lay that groundwork. You have 10 Charizard Pokemon cards. Mm -hmm. I borrow your Charizard Pokemon cards and sell them for $1,000. Pokemon Company decides to release more Charizard Pokemon cards. They would never. Because there are more Charizard Pokemon cards now, they're cheaper. I buy 10 Charizard Pokemon cards for $500. I give you back your Pokemon cards. I've made $500. This is short selling. Mm -hmm. I'm selling something I have. I have borrowed shares, and this is why shorting a stock is dangerous. Let's say I borrow your Charizard Pokemon cards. Sell them just as before. But now, instead of the Pokemon company releasing more cards, it turns out they cure cancer. Suddenly, everyone <laughs> wants them. Driving the price of the cards up. Oh, boy. Now, instead of me buying cards for 500 bucks, I have to pay 1500 2000 or even more to buy Charizard Pokemon cards so I can give you back the initial cards I borrowed from you. Oof. Now... Charizard cards can't go bankrupt, but companies can, and that's what these short sellers were betting on. If the company goes bankrupt and the shares get delisted, you, uh, I don't have to pay you back anymore. So, people had decided it was a pretty good bet that GameStop was, uh, their shares were going to keep going down and down, mm -hmm. and eventually they were going to go out of business. And right. so, when you make these uh, short sales over and over again, as these hedge fund managers do, um, you, you continue you're, you're to banking on their demise. Yes, you are banking on their demise. Yeah. And like a year ago, GameStop shares were trading at four, $4 a share. Uh, when I checked the closing price yesterday, they were at uh, $375 a share. I think they closed today at $350. They took a little dip uh, for reasons that we can get into. I guess the more important question is, why did the shares go up? Is it because everybody decided that GameStop was a super valuable, important company? Uh, well. Not exactly, uh, but that does play a part. <laughs> if you follow the uh, subreddit Wall Street Bet, um, you could have seen this kind of thing building for a long time. Um, amateur traders like to uh, go to Wall Street Bet to talk about 
uh, the trades they're making. Um, there are companies that are apps. Uh, some have said uh, have a tendency to gamify yeah. day trading, like, like the Robinhood uh, app. Like Robinhood. Uh, where they don't take a commission. So that's something that you yourself can do and monitor on a daily, uh, which can become a popular activity during a pandemic when people are stuck mm-hmm. at home more often. Right. Also, yeah, I had I had seen that this uh, initially started actually like January 11th uh, when some of this started coming up and they started, the stock started rising because of uh, the influence from Reddit. And it kind of hit, it hit its crescendo this week. Well, it was March of 2019. Okay. That uh, Reddit user Deep Fucking Value uh, had kind of outlined <laughs> his thesis about uh, why you should like GameStop stock. Uh, that these, it's not as bad as the people betting against it seem to feel it is. It has value, it has hope, and mm-hmm. it's actually a good bet. And he announced that he'd sunk a lot of money into it. And uh, laying some groundwork there. Laid some groundwork there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, back in April 2020, uh, Senior Hedgehog uh, posted <laughs> the biggest short squeeze of your life, uh, which drummed up more interest uh, in the stock, which took on a life of its own. And uh, yeah, people started buying. And they started holding. And when that happens, the price of the stock goes up and you hold. Yeah. And now uh, these short sellers are fucked. It's pretty glorious, actually. Yeah. What was the company who took over a billion dollar loss so far? It was like uh, Melvin. Melvin. uh, Melvin Financial or whatever. Uh, Yeah, they... They lost nearly three billion dollars ultimately, mm. uh, and they ended up taking a two point eight billion dollar payout from a larger company that just does extra work, and they they kind of buy shares from Melvin, and so this larger company was put in a position, and so they bailed them out. And that was a little bit of a theory that was running around for a day or two there is that because this larger company also manages or, you know, buys from Robinhood, that basically some of the bigger dogs on the market came out and said, you, you guys have to shut this down. You have to shut, shut it down, down. Uh, trading oh, of this no. stock. Yeah. And I don't know. There, I mean, there's obviously going to be some credence to that, but also... Uh, the idea of a short squeeze is in itself uh, something that is uh, against the rules to like do in a concerted effort. Now, the, the problem there is that it has been done in the past. Mm, many times. Many times. Uh, yeah, people fucking around with the stock market. It finally kind of worked its way around into getting into the hands of some more everyday people. And we saw things go absolutely fucking buck wild. And all of a sudden everybody, you know, now all the professionals are crying foul. And, uh, yeah, we had AOC, uh, go to Twitter. Yeah. So, so has Bernie Sanders. And, uh, yeah, that was something someone pointed out, uh, is that Elizabeth Warren, I don't remember what her tweet or tweet was, but essentially supported stopping the small investors from, (laughs) <laughs> creating right. this short squeeze uh right whereas well aoc so somebody to... was like well here's the difference between bernie and elizabeth in case anyone was wondering yeah right 
uh, AOC said, uh, this is unacceptable. We now need to know more about Robinhood app's decision to block retail investors from purchasing stock while hedge funds are freely able to trade the stock as they see fit. Uh, which, of course, prompted uh, our fucking resident slime bag here in Texas, Ted Cruz, to say, fully agree. Which, you know, the funny thing about that is that uh, well, they don't like each other. And AOC ended up coming back to that with, I am happy to work with the Republicans on this issue where there's common ground, but you almost had me murdered three weeks ago, so you can sit this one out. And they went through a little bit of back and forth and uh, with AOC saying, like, literally anybody, anybody other than this guy, I'm totally willing to work with you if you think this is unfair. Um, and of course, now this uh, other asshole that you maybe have heard about, uh, Chip Roy, who represents parts of Austin, San Antonio, Central Texas. He's trying to put a movement on there that, you know, AOC needs to formally apologize for this tweet to Ted Cruz. Yeah, I, don't, um, I, I, I give no fucks about Ted Cruz, but I, yeah. lo- I love what these people are doing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And they're doing it for principles. A lo- right now, Wall Street and... <clears throat> these uh redditors these investors are well there's kind of a a prisoner's dilemma uh situation going on oh yeah well yeah i mean if you if you if you look at wall street bets everybody's holding strong right now and resolute even though (coughs) their shares are worth so much money Mm -hmm. like people have said i paid my rent with my credit card and used my rent money to buy stocks which honestly for me whether it's a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars it's mm-hmm. it's not going to change my life i'm used to living poor i lived through i was a kid during the 2008 crisis financial crisis right that nobody was ever held accountable for and i will do anything fucking wall street for a lot of these people is more important than money yeah. <laughs> uh, as you can fucking imagine yeah it was uh, yesterday i was like on the reddit and i'm looking at it's just people were absolutely jubilant it was like hold you know, uh, hold or die, like the stock. Um, eventually people are going to sell, especially people that have jumped on ignorantly or innocently because they feel like there's going to be a payout. Um, I mean, honestly, uh, like I saw a Twitter post from somebody that said, Hey, the next time everybody's about to make a bunch of free fucking money, somebody text me because like, like you and I, we're not we're not day traders, and we don't mess don't around with it. I don't give a fuck know? about it. I don't give yeah. a fuck about making money. But I'll tell you what. Yeah, I was on. Uh, I signed up to SoFi yesterday. <laughs> In the middle of my work day, just because I'm following the news about this, and like I have been the last few days, but like belatedly, I was just stir- I'm like on the Reddit forum, the sub uh, the subreddit, and I'm like so stirred up with my like anti-greed anti-capitalist like fervor just Mm -hmm. like fucking solidarity comrade kind of shit because a lot of people see this as an extension of occupy wall street and it's a way to actually make a difference with which occupy wall street never did right it's a way to actually fuck the system yeah no it is a it is a direct fucking of the system um the 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 occupy protests amounted to nothing you know that was that was a pretty sad case so, um, but yeah, this this was a a, a very directed and effective uh, and re- move and remains. This the stock went down slightly, but that's also because a lot of companies that um, amateur traders were trading on um, limited 
uh, or stopped the trade of GameStop, stop including Robin Hood. Um, yeah, they basically get rob, rob from the rich, uh, give to the poor until it's inconvenient. Apparently, right? Yeah, for your bottom line. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I had signed up to SoFi and I was ready. I was ready to buy a partial share, a half share, like two weeks of drinking and cigarette money, mm-hmm. uh, just to get in on this and fucking solidarity. Not expecting to get a return, <gasps> but just to, just trying to just trying to hold and make my contribution. Uh, the markets unfortunately close at 3 p.m. here at Central Time, so um, I was not able to do that. Thought better of it today, but yeah, total total solidarity uh, solidarity for the people um, that are holding on to quite a lot of money now, <laughs> and yeah, and yeah, the prisoners' dilemma I mean, comes into it. You know, you have to trust for this to work. You have to trust everybody else to make it to make it work to hold and not sell and of course as you pointed out people are already selling yeah well yeah uh, a lot of people had cashed out but also with other ways uh that the market kind of moves like that astronomical price uh it was like what 140 150 percent that it rose uh within just a couple of days this week yeah i mean ultimately it rose two thousand percent just within the last two motherfucking thousand yeah like uh yeah i had heard that um earlier this month they were trading at i think like twelve dollars a share and uh they came out to be a hundred and forty or more over the last few days I'm looking at some tweets. I know this GameStop stuff is funny, but you have to remember this is hurting real people who own multiple boats. <laughs> it's amazing how quickly regulators and platforms stop manipulation by average folks with smartphones, Wi-Fi, and a few bucks, but they can't find it in themselves to hold the big banks accountable for the same Wall Street manipulation when it actually ruins lives. Right. I'm looking at a picture right now of a bunch of little fish trying <laughs> going after sharks. <laughs> For everyone wondering what's happening in the market right now. Uh, I saw one. And uh, then, of course, in my three days of trading, I have never seen anything like this. Because, <laughs> yeah, a lot of lot of noobs. Uh, see one that says, oh, you're laughing at the hedge fund that got juked by Reddit? Well, they're bankrupt now. <laughs> are you laughing now? Is it funny now that a bunch of MBAs are out of a job? <laughs> Can you laugh knowing that they're explaining to their investors that they were outmaneuvered by potato in my ass? <laughs> Yeah, I noticed uh, the I New York... I can just picture that, like, asterisk laughing intensifies throughout yeah. that whole fucking thing. Yeah, uh, I did notice that in a Times piece that they had mentioned that a lot of these people that did end up uh, putting this short squeeze on, they're like, they have usernames that we can't print here in a family paper. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's, that's another little... That's a cherry on top to this yeah. whole thing. Deep fucking value is just, you know, being lauded as a fucking god for setting this whole right. thing in motion. All yeah, right. yeah. So that that was dope. That was a good good fun story out of this. Power week. to the people. Yeah, keep it going, guys. Keep it up. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Well, they're trying to do it again with AMC um, and BlackBerry. I saw. Uh, we'll yeah. see if that takes off. I saw a list of about a like basically the ten most shorted stocks as of uh, December last year, and a lot of those are being targeted right now. 
um, to varying degrees. Yeah, but yeah, Game, is, GameStop is the one that went. This off the situation, charts. it's probably kind of a unicorn event. But yeah. uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it might be a lot of people become more savvy about playing the markets, not just to uh, in- enrich in themselves, but to like specifically troll Wall Street and fuck right, right. other people. I'd like to see more of that. Yeah, anyone out there who's used to hard living, we're a lot better at it than they are. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe these uh, hedge fund managers should be like brewing coffee at home and laying off the avocado toast, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to fucking I mean, tell yeah, you. This reminds me of some, yeah, like bad faith argument tweet. If you give a poor person $600, it'll be gone in a week. But if you give a rich person $600, they'll invest it and it'll triple within, you know, five years or whatever. And that's because, okay. stupid fucking thing. That is wrong on so Wait, many fucking levels. Wait, if you give levels. someone who lacks basic for necessities so money, they'll use it in order to live. They'll buy food and pay for their rent. Uh-huh. And if you, you give, give it somebody... to somebody who has all their needs met already, yep. and they'll just sort of put it aside. They'll just turn it into this, some silly game. A silly money game. Uh, speaking of which, uh, y'all got your uh, y'all got your second round of stimulus. Everybody out there, who has? I, ha- I have not, but I did. Uh, oh, you did. I got my little six hundred dollars stimmy. All right. Well, you got some more coming. Yeah. Apparently, um, although uh, this was a fun meme that I saw. It was like uh, Biden yelling, like two thousand dollars. Why would you want fourteen hundred dollars? What would you even do with six hundred dollars? <laughs> Um, in all seriousness though uh, all the people that are pissed off that the $600 which there was always an argument for it being 2000 and right. then the $1600 checks that were sorry $1400 che- additional checks that were issued and being like where the fuck is my other $600 mm-hmm. I, I mean I just feel like it's not useful in the spe- specific situation because it was always it was always an argument between 2000 and 600 i think that this shows a lot about uh how the u.s government's being run right now with not efficient communication between all the branches and everybody i just no i think they were trying they were trying to rush something out ultimately they weren't able to do that and then when they took the senate they realized they were able to rush out the remaining money from the 2000 they initially that shit was brought up so the 600 dollars was approved and moving out and it was Trump who was like, no, 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 make it 2000. Right. And like, like he fucking cares. He, this is just, uh, I mean, really, if anything, pandering from him, just being like, we're going to give you folks all the money. Like he fucking cares. No, he doesn't actually like care about how we're doing economically. He just wants to like poll good uh, and, and look good. So he's like, yeah, just fucking give him a, a lot of money. Well, this, I mean, this and, was post-election. And uh, Democrats, the reason that they jumped on that so quickly, they were just like, oh, are y'all going to fucking toe the line with your god emperor right now? And it was almost like Democrats like, yeah, we'll totally take it if you want to give it. We had uh, an administration transition now. And we have Democrats getting more control. And, yeah, they got more control, and, and they, so, brought, they, of rushed, course they're gonna, they rushed out a $1,400 check. Yeah, of course they're going to fucking do There's it. There's going to have to be a whole lot more money spent, I think, uh, before this pandemic is done and this economic crisis is done. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, there's going to be, there's still going to be a whole lot of economic turmoil, even with this two grand per person 
extra money if you got kids uh stimulus i mean this is this is definitely a lefty argument uh that this you know backhanded uh uh stimulus payment that's that's less than what was supposed to have been promised right because right wingers are like no money at all right should should go to people who are suffering in a need mm-hmm. like no stimulus money would be the ideal mm-hmm. amount yeah I mean, from the just from the like Ted Cruz, Mitch McConnell perspective. Packed. Um, a little bit. So there's the Kellyanne Conway, Claudia Conway shit we could talk about. Uh-huh. I don't know. Probably everybody knows who uh, Kellyanne is. Her, she has a daughter, a uh, 16-year-old daughter, Claudia. 15? 16? Probably 16. Probably 16. I don't know myself. Who has been a presence on Twitter and TikTok and... Uh, has been detailing her tumultuous relationship with her family, uh, particularly her mom, mm-hmm. and uh, her efforts to get herself emancipated. I would guess that Claudia is a little bit innocent, and I think it's safe to say that she has more friends and enemies on social media than she has in real life. People that you know she can actually trust and go to right. might not be ready to survive get emancipated and survive on her own without uh any kind of adult guidance uh especially at her age shit's just been kind of ramping up i guess lately and then recently she, she's been posting fights uh on tiktok uh with her and her mom uh her mom just did i guess a dump on twitter of a bunch of photos her mom did a dump her mom did a dump and one of the photos was a topless was a topless photo of her daughter 
you were telling me about this and uh i've i've heard about i've heard about the uh feud that goes on within this house uh that is documented by the daughter and put it on social media and uh it was it was kind of just this funny thing over the last year, year and a half. I, I don't right? think I don't think it's that funny. It genuinely it genuinely hurts my heart. Um, well, but I mean, I thought it was funny for the while, but uh, what we're what we're seeing now is, yeah, it's like getting weird and dark. It's it's a little funny when Claudia posts her her mom yelling, "What's all this fucking shit? You're not gonna get COVID from the president. I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. You can't get COVID from the president." Mm-hmm. And then. like, she posted and, another TikTok like a day later. You could hear her mom coughing in the background and, you know. God. She's just, you know, got di- got dialogue that's like, my mom's coughing all over this house and just got news that, you know, someone in the Trump inner circle has COVID. Yeah. Of course, ultimately, the whole family, George, uh, Claudia, and, uh-huh. and Kellyanne were t- diagnosed with COVID. Everybody's okay now. But yeah, it turns out you can get COVID from the president. Yeah. A whole lot of people did, including huh. including ultimately Claudia. Fuck. Uh, who got it from her mom. But because everyone's okay, there's a certain amount of amusement to be had, I guess, there. Right, right, right. I don't right. like I don't like people ex- exploiting uh this, you know, teenage girl. She's still a child for any kind of like political purposes, but she's old enough to have her own mind. Um mm-hmm. And she's old enough to seek emancipation uh, from what she's talked about as being an abusive household. And I wish her well in that. But she's also said that she feels like her parents are too powerful for her to make any headway on that front. Uh, Her emancipation um, claim was rejected uh, in court. She's not she's not able to make that case. And I guess she doesn't have any family that she can just step away from her household and take a cool out period from her parents and go stay with some relatives or friends. And of course, it's been a pandemic, too. So it's super claustrophobic. You can't even leave the damn house. I don't even know if she's going to school. Did you say super claustrophobic? Is that what the kid, how the kids are saying it? It's super claustrophobic. Pretty sure I said claustrophobic. But okay. Anyway. Yeah, there was a, a, I guess there was a TikTok where she had to sort of discover that she had just discovered that this picture of herself had been um, posted on the internet. Right. I guess it seems like it's one she probably took herself and she's not sure how it ended up on her mom's phone, except that her mom probably took it from her phone and had it for reasons that are probably not great. Maybe something to hold over somebody uh, to get him to, to act right. And either her mom posted it accidentally or her phone was hacked or she posted it on purpose. But yeah, still, I don't think Claudia thinks that's the case. Yeah, still unknown on that front. But the, uh, the fact that like it was basically in her mother's possession is kind of like enough to be uh, wrong and weird. Yeah, it's wrong and uh, weird. Yeah. And yeah, I feel a little gross even kind of knowing this about the family bi- uh, dynamic. Right. But yeah, I don't know. There's been a lot of outrage. Uh, the cops have been called uh, to go out there uh, more than once. Mm-hmm. They've never taken it seriously, obviously. You know, these people are wealthy and influential. But yeah, and Kellyanne came on to social media to say, I'm going to be shutting down, uh, you know, going dark. 
I'm going to spend time working on my relationship with my, with my mom and my family. Hey, we fight like mothers and daughters. Right. Uh, but you know, thanks for your concern, but we're done. Like you're doing more harm than good. And, uh, we'll work it out amongst ourselves. A lot of people are like, should we be reading her eye blinks for Morse code while she's saying this? Yeah. Okay, well, you you laugh, but she literally posted a message in Morse code once on <laughs> her Twitter. It was dots and dashes. Like you're laughing, but she has said so many times, "I will never quit tr- uh, uh, social media except under duress." Um, I genuinely do need help. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like right. And now she's like, "I really don't need help. I need everyone to just back down. I'm going to work on my relationship with my mom." Blank, blank. Blank, blank. <laughs> uh, I, I, I hope that she has people in, in her life, IRL friends and family that are looking out for her. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because she's going to need, she's going to need love and support. And right now, at least lately, she, it seems like she's not getting that from her mom and dad. And I genuinely hope they do go into family therapy and sort things out. Yeah. Or that she gets emancipated and Kelly and Conway can just go fuck herself. She's so close. She's she's yeah. sixteen as of twenty twenty. <clears throat> I mean, I, I really, friend, that's that's. I had, I had a friend that got emancipated when he was uh, sixteen, and it was not easy for him. Uh, but that there was that was a case of clear physical abuse. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's kind of true. Uh, this isn't really broad. Uh, I don't mean to speak to every situation, but like I can say that I think that one of the most empowering things that a person can do as they're coming of age is to be independent and remove themselves from a lot of the toxic shit that they might have been surrounded with. And Um, just the begin the slow process of replacing your biological family with your family of uh, your, your chosen family that makes you feel, you know, the way you need to support it and the way you need to feel as an adult. Yeah. And of course, that's an interesting conversation to, or an interesting stance for us to take, considering other things that we might want to talk about. What would that be? Like the spectrum that is uh, right-wing extremism, right? I had thought earlier in the week that with this show, I wanted to kind of talk about uh, cognitive dissonance and like some of the coping mechanisms that Q is, uh, are working with. Um I didn't dig into that because I found something else uh, about uh, about the Proud Boys there, namely with uh, their leader Enrique Tario. So Enrique Tario, uh, the serial masturbator and the proudest boy, was kicked out of D.C. a couple days before the uh, riots on January sixth, right? And Some journalists from Reuters dug a little bit and found out that after an arrest in 2012, he became a prolific federal informant. A transcript from 2014 shows that both his attorney and the prosecution asked the judge for a reduced sentence in his case. It was a fraud case, his case, by the way. What was he doing? He was centered around the the relabeling and selling of diabetes test kits. Some super scumbag shit, am I right? For sure. Yeah. Um, wow, what a piece of shit. Yeah. I hate that more than him being a fucking narc. There was a thing, when when they say prolific, he actually did help a lot by what they're saying here. The prosecutor against him 
pointed out that his cooperation led to uh, 13 other prosecutions, mainly some narcotic stuff uh, with some anabolic steroids thrown in for good measure. And uh, his defense attorney pointed out that Tario had helped police uncover three marijuana grow operations. Oh, yeah. You got to get those those dangerous farmers off the fucking streets. All over the place. And there was was one where he apparently also helped bust uh, some human smugglers, where he was paying some people to, like, uh, bring people across the border illegal, uh, illegally. Enrique Tario is Cuban-American. Uh, although if you ask him, that doesn't matter. What matters to him is that he's a Western chauvinist. Right. And his largest idea is that, uh, white, white men of America are the best that has ever been. And so that's the whole thing with the proud boys. And that's how he has like kind of risen through the ranks also probably because he's on steroids and he's a fucking narc. So, uh, there, there was a quote recently from the prosecutor of his back in 2012, somebody reached out to them. Her comment and she said i knew that he was a fraudster but i had no reason to know that he was also a domestic terrorist <laughs> um that's pretty funny and I, like i've literally i've been just kind of like smiling throughout my week over that story and i uh haven't been able to find anything on like the the inner responses of the proud boys and how they're reacting to that because i don't even try to eavesdrop on their circles or anything uh well it's all a little too toxic for me. Um, but just to say, uh, word on the street is snitches get stitches. Good luck to him. Uh, he's still incarcerated. Nah. Is he still incarcerated? No, no. He got kicked out of D.C. Uh, pending a court date where he was supposed to come back because a couple days in, ahead of January 6th, he was caught with an assault rifle and some like extended magazines uh, that he wasn't supposed oh, to have. Oh, okay. There and were... so he got kicked out of D.C., and my understanding is that he's supposed to go back for a court date for that stuff, but I don't know that he's in custody. There were a few Proud Boys that were arrested and held. Um, no, he was leading so he, up to that. There was a, a, a situation yeah. at a church, some arson at a church. There was a situation. <sighs> Jesus. Uh, with I know there's a handful of them that have been arrested post riot for their involvement. Right. Uh, I hadn't heard about this uh, church arson. Last I heard is that. Tario was walking free. They just like kicked him out of DC. And I had heard that Tario was implicated in the burning run along of home, a Black Lives scamp. Matter banner. Yeah, he that one's documented. And so, hey, Enrique Tario, fuck you.
I did want to talk about some other protests that are occurring in Russia right now. Mm. Uh, tens of thousands of Russians are out in the streets in negative 60 degree temperatures in a pandemic, uh, getting brutalized by police. I've heard that thousands have been arrested already. Thousands have been arrested. Yeah. Uh, They are protesting the arrest and detainment of Alexei Navalny, uh, an anti-Putin opposition leader. You've probably heard his name recently, if not prior Alexei Navalny, uh, even though he just came out of a coma, he did not just come out uh, out of nowhere. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, this is my. I'm sorry. This is my brain yesterday when I go. Uh, I fucking love it. So he started in '08 as a blogger. He had a live journal. Uh, he was reporting on corruption uh, at state-owned companies. He was there at the start of YouTube. Uh, with with witty, uh, concise, well-produced videos. So Russia doesn't really have a free press, but uh, unlike China, they had or, you know, they have or at least had at the time unrestricted access to the internet, uh, not so much uh, these days, but, you know, providing a counterpoint to the state-sanctioned propaganda. And to, today, Navalny's YouTube channel has 6 million subscribers, uh, whenever the government takes it down, his uh, team posts his video exposés uh, various places, like everywhere they can, just yeah, to make yeah. sure people see, including porn sites. Okay. Um, I had don't host anything. I had started his uh, most recent video, but yeah, it's an hour and a half long, and it's full of <clears throat> incredible details. I'll, you know, what, I'll get to that in a moment. In 2017, he had an antiseptic dye known as Brilliant Green thrown in his face. Right. Oh, so I was looking at a picture of him sort of wide-eyed with this like green paint on his face and one like green eye like a blood eye. And he had tweeted, looks funny, but it hurts like hell. Uh, according to a Russian uh, media report, he suffered chemical burns and 80% loss of vision in that eye due to, uh, oh, due to those chemical burns. Jeez. Uh, and that is the second time that year he had brilliant green thrown in his face. I'm kind of glad we don't use brilliant green here in the U.S. Uh, it's more commonly used uh, over there. Really? Uh, oh, there, there's what? no shortage of things that we can throw in people's face here, <laughs> but I mean, they're sure. not you know bright flamboyant colors. So, um, what is it that makes it so brilliant and caustic or what have you i mean it's it's just got a really powerful diet dying agent okay last year a widely circulated video shows navaldi's plane en route to siberia uh if you saw the video you see people on a plane um you can hear a man moaning in agony in the background Mm -hmm. Uh, the plane ended up making an emergency landing in omsk uh where navaldi fell into a coma Um, His wife and human rights groups managed to get him exported to Germany for treatment. Uh, Their reasons being the Kremlin tried to kill him, probably, uh, so uh, Kremlin-controlled doctors might not be super invested in his health and recovery. Seems right. And in fact, the doctors were saying that he, uh, according to their opinion, medical opinions, he wasn't poisoned. He just had a metabolic condition that... uh, Gave him low blood sugar. This is really just a low blood sugar incident. Um, okay. So, but they did okay. get they got but, him out of there. Okay, they got him to Germany for treatment. The world's top chemical weapons watchdog uh, ultimately did uh, 
release a statement uh, concluding that he was poisoned by uh, Novichok, mm-hmm. uh, which is a highly lethal nerve agent, uh, Russian nerve agent. They invented it and they have soul custody over it, at least for now. So a, a motherland original. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They've actually used it to kill, to poison and kill people in the past. Sounds right. So. I mean, if, I mean, honestly, if there is anything that we know about Russia, it's that they like, or Putin especially, oh, they're so good at poisons. likes to poison people. They are an Agatha Christie fucking novel villain. It's like they're all looking for their next Rasputin and they're like, who's going to survive this? Well, apparently, <laughs> uh, Navaldi right. uh, did. <laughs> he survived. You know, because as he's grown increasingly noisy, there's been increasing attempts to either intimidate or straight up kill him, as this certainly was. Oh, man. And, uh, yeah, it's a pretty fair bet that if it's if it's Novichuk, wait, what did I call it? Novichuk. Novichuk. No- Novichuk? Novichuk. If it's Novichuk that gotcha, mm-hmm. you've, been, you've been assassinated by the Kremlin. <laughs> um if you end up dying from mysterious circumstances that align with the poisoning of Novichok, <laughs> you might have been assassinated by the Kremlin. Uh, now, at first, they it was thought that this was placed in his tea uh, because he did have a cup of tea on the plane or just before getting onto oh, man. the plane. Classic. So while Navaldi was in Germany, he worked with CNN to uh, do, do like an inside interview job um and tricked a russian agent who was part of the elite fsb toxin team fsb is the new kgb uh, it's like the post kgb kgb okay so just get kgb right out of your brain it's uh fsb now okay um tricked Done. him tricked him into revealing secret details of the hit operation on him which they'd been working on for three years following him tracking his movements so did, was he disguised or something? Well, it was probably audio only. Like I said, he was in Germany. But, okay. I don't know. He worked <clears throat> with CNN. Listen, I haven't seen it. I was just, I, I read that this is how he discovered that in fact they did the, this was a Kremlin sponsored mm-hmm. hit job. And that rather than placing the, the Novichok in his tea, they put it on the inside of the crotch of his underwear. He was poisoned through his underwear. Huh. I'm telling you, stranger than fiction, man. So the Kremlin placed Navaldi on the federal wanted list on the pretense that he was supposed to be checking in with federal regulators regularly while he was abroad, which is kind of tough to do while you're in a coma, uh, which he was uh, uh, for quite some time. Right. So knowing that he would be arrested at customs... Uh, upon his return, Navaldi nevertheless announced that he was determined to return to Russia, uh, which he did, and he was arrested at customs. There's a video, too, of him kissing his wife goodbye and then being dragged off by agents. He's been held in custody uh, awaiting trial that's to occur in uh, February ever since. Uh, during this time, while he's being held, his team posted the Putin Palace video, which is, like, almost two hours long, and I haven't watched a little bit of it, but uh, essentially, yeah, he, he announces that he has uh, worked with some fans of his show, mm-hmm. um, and they have supplied some, de- including drone footage, uh, details of what he says is Putin's, you know, palatial estate. 
Yeah, you can't call it a mansion. It's like way bigger than that. Uh, and the land it sits on is actually larger than the size of the entire island of Manhattan. Whoa. This is a $1.3 billion piece of property financed by bribes from uh, insanely wealthy oligarchs. Right, right. It's got helipads. It's got vineyards. It has a hookah bar with a retractable stripper pole. It, it better. has a personal casino, a video game arcade, an aqua discotheque uh, with a swim-up bar. Okay, so yes. you did say aqua discotheque. Okay. It has an underground hockey arena that cannot be seen oh. from the drone footage. It's you know what that's down. used for? Hockey? Underground hockey. I, that's what I was thinking. It's like Fight Club, but hockey. <laughs> yeah, and according to Nivaldi's detailed video, it's also full of items and furniture more expensive than I ever could have imagined items and furniture could possibly fucking be. Oh, for sure. Blew my fucking mind. Yeah. I, I wanted, feel like the one point five billion is just I paid the for architecture. I paid for people to die during the construction of this. <laughs> we have <laughs> that's yep, how much went into that's it. how much went into it. <laughs> yeah, uh, he posted another video. Oh, yeah, actually, at the beginning of the Putin Palace video is a message. Navaldi has been imprisoned. Russians take to the streets. Yeah, and they did. Yeah, they have taken to the streets in great numbers. Hey everybody, Joe here, dropping in with your station break. I just want to take a moment to say thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for listening to KBSR, Black Sparrow Digital Radio. Uh, you know how we roll. Black Sparrow Digital Radio is fully independent. We have a Patreon community that helps us keep everything going here. Uh, some great people like Sarah Fisher. Hey, thanks, Sarah. Uh, Mitch and Lisa Drummond. Hey, good to see you guys. Uh, of course, we've got J.D. Gins, we've got Dan Picard, we've got, oh, hey, Trev Wren. Hey, that's a fun one. Yeah, everybody joins on and, and helps contribute to this uh, community kind of radio thing that we're doing here. And we really appreciate it, you know. We uh, do our piece here on Radio Gripe, uh, which is wholly ours. It doesn't reflect anything else on KBSR or the other shows or anything like that. Uh, there are some really good shows, but uh, don't get it twisted. This one's ours. Uh, so yeah, you can get up on that Patreon too. You can go to BlackSparrowMusicParlor.com and look for the Patreon link there. Uh, you can also stream the radio live from there. Uh, tons and tons of shows and different content. Um, I'm seeing a, a big empty pocket on like the, the late night slots. I'm thinking about making a, a new show or two to maybe put on in the middle of the night. Who knows? We'll see what happens there. And let us know if you want to see that. We've got an email you can get at us with. It's... Uh, we're trying show at gmail.com of course on instagram at radio gripe tx and uh, yeah reach out let us know what's up uh, also i need to say thanks big ups to trev Renner and the mental state fair for letting us use their song dying in texas for our theme song and of course a uh, big big thanks uh to alex cuervo and spectrostatic uh just really love being able to have this stuff on and uh thanks to hoofless at salt lake city if uh, you're hearing this and you got a musical enterprise that you'd uh, like to share with us and, and have us use on the show, uh, yeah, just reach out to those emails or that Instagram, like I say. All right, well, that's about all I got to say this week. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Well, 
yeah, there's this whole populist, a massive populist uprising that's happening in Russia right now. Yeah. You know, Putin has been in power for 20 years. It's incredibly corrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, Fuck, it has been that long, hasn't it? It's been 20 years. I remember living through... So I wasn't paying that much attention when Putin came to power after Yeltsin died uh, or, like, had a decline. And uh, But uh, there was a series of, like, Chechen terrorist attacks uh, that preceded his rise to power yeah. that ultimately certain certain journalistic enterprises found that those attacks were probably staged by mm-hmm. the Kremlin in order to consolidate power. Right. Constant crises, I guess. Like, right. And he like he ran well, on a nationalistic platform. Movements movements on Georgia uh, years ago and uh, which U- was which Ukraine in all was, of years since pretty popular so it actually ended up it was pretty popular so that ended up buying putin a little more time even though even though the economy was starting to tank i think people have said um there's sort of like a grand bargain i I don't remember if that's the exact phrase but like a grand bargain that the the uh, russian people make with their leaders which is be as corrupt as you fucking want (laughs) as long as i have a a, like a decent paycheck and i've got food on the table and i have like some amount of upward mobility man those decent mm, and then those damn commies at some point it becomes well how much corruption is too much because left unchecked you know this is what we see happening these like you know yeah billion dollar palatial estates and uh and when when people are suffering obviously and people are pissed off right now and they're ready to rally behind Navaldi, who has spent years setting himself up as a folk hero Uh, to basically the under 55 crowd like 55 and over are still very loyal to putin anybody under 55 who has basically spent any amount of time on the internet whatsoever yeah is coming around to being anti-putin and uh the the thing about navaldi too is he was kicked out of the russian liberal party uh back in 2007 one of his former uh, party members has described him as, she said, I believe he's the most dangerous man in Russia. They kicked him out for national. Come now. (laughs) They kicked him out for national. Yeah, that's pretty damn dangerous. Right. Uh, They they kicked him out for nationalist views. Huh. And he has, yeah, previously espoused nationalist, um, anti-islam anti-immigration uh-huh, uh-huh. you know russia for russians that, yeah yeah, uh, yeah you know power to the caucuses i mean what what's happening right now though is that he is sort of his message is uh, an unadulterated anti-corruption message uh so no talk about like ethnic province no mm-hmm. talk about anti-immigration or make russia great again or anything like that um Anti-corruption is something that everybody can join behind. I mean, yeah, right. Which is why he has people marching in the streets ready to face police brutality and arrest Mm -hmm. where it's in a place where it's very dangerous to publicly express uh, fucking anything. Political dissent. It's it's dangerous to express anything. You remember the story about whenever they brought McDonald's uh, to Russia, I want to say in the 90s there. And because it was company policy to smile at your customers, right. this put off a lot of Russians 
because they thought McDonald's employees were being shitty. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're like, what's that fucking look on your face? And it's like, it's a smile, sir. Have a good day. <laughs> like, yeah. So I'm not, you know, that's that kind of Honestly, fits. Honestly, these, these employees are Russians, too. So it's basically like, uh, <laughs> this is a social experiment where McDonald's tried to come in and brainwash a bunch of Russians into making their face into this shape <laughs> against their will. Yeah. And other Russians responded with distrust, rightfully. Uh, yeah, just right off the bat, <laughs> man. Yeah. But no, so there are people marching for Navaldi right now in the streets uh, in, in sub-zero temperatures Fahrenheit that are straight-up neo-Nazis uh, that are, you know, for, you know, like a white ethnic Russia. Okay. Uh this is not a part of it that I've heard. And and there are people that are liberal Democrats that have that have thrown their full support behind him, too, and everybody in the middle. So you have a uh, broad sweeping opposition to pe- people like, current uh, leadership. The, um, the chess great Kasparov, uh, a social Democrat who has come out in favor. Lots of people have come out. And, yeah, there's been a lot of pressure on Biden, uh, as well as other governments around the world, to to put pressure on Putin to release him mm-hmm. um, because honestly the Kremlin Putin has done everything wrong up until this point. If they were trying to swat this guy down, right? Because time and time again, I mean, this is a credit to the, res- the resilience of Navaldi too. And the bravery, which I mean, I got to give him credit for that shit. They've tried I mean, to, they tried to fucking kill him. Yeah. He was in a coma for like five months and now he's back. I mean, that is something that we do appreciate about uh like russian culture or their figures uh people like rasputin it always seems bigger it's like bigger than life yeah and even so much bigger than reality even dostoevsky who a lot of times is talking about really like kind of banal sad uh low low cast life uh it is larger than life and it's severity you know uh yeah every every bit of it didn't dostoevsky have a crazy life wasn't he in a Siberian prison? Uh, yeah, I want to say that he got exiled for a bit. I uh, don't know the full story behind it all. I think he wrote Crime but and Punishment yeah. while he was locked up in a Siberian prison. That would make sense. I know that he's written some short stories, too, based on his pap- on his uh, time trying to work with newspapers. Uh, and, yeah, he, he wrote a lot about how it's it was structured at the time to just be propaganda, you know. I think a lot of Americans, yeah. especially Americans from the South, have a hard time understanding Russians, uh, Russian culture. Sure. Uh, I don't know. I'm just saying I personally do. And uh, I have read some Tolstoy and some Dostoevsky. I, it's just such an alien culture to me. Yeah. No, understandable. They, um, I'm not going to say that they go out of their way, but I will say that they do delight in in being their own culture. They go hard, you know. They yeah, go hard. they go hard, and uh, they they do take some pride in being fucking crazy, crazy Ruskies. And I ain't trying to ain't trying to talk shit, but remember y'all are, that, y'all are fucking wild, and you know it. You remember we that talk lady? about Florida a whole lot. <laughs> y'all are y'all are better and worse than Florida oh, wow. <laughs> at the same time. So it's like. Yeah, that's fine. So kind of no comparison. I think this is a really exciting time to live through. And shit like this, uh, even though it's complicated and Navalny isn't the perfect um, 
liberal Democrat who is the people are going to rally behind and he's going to restore, you know, bring, bring Russia into, you know, a liberal democracy. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll try. Maybe he will gain power and exploit it. I, I don't I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen. But people have hope and they are yelling for change and they're putting their own bodies on the line and uh just 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 to see that happening over there concurrent with so many other powerful movements for progress all around the world Mm -hmm. uh including here in this country i i just am just emotionally very moved by what a crazy time it is right now yeah Uh, globally uh, yeah i'm 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 excited (laughs) and hopeful yeah, I I hope that the people can succeed in somehow getting Putin out of office. And it's just something, I don't think it's a model for America, whatever happens. I, I think we're just different. <laughs> I, I guess what it makes me think about is every time there's, we've been living through a pendulum swing to the far right, but it always swings back. There's there's an equal and opposite reaction uh, for every reactionary movement. And right, like it right. goes on and on in perpetuity. Yeah. take a moment to talk about an article that has surfaced uh i guess an op-ed that has surfaced just in the last few weeks uh the douchey california dad he posted an op-ed in california now he he was actually out here i don't know it was it was a while it was like six years ago he picked up his whole family and moved from california as Mm -hmm. people do uh, to come to Austin to enjoy that way lower cost of living. 
Y'all, he tried it. He tried it for eight eight good months. Uh, eight not so good months. Oh wow! I mean, that's a good run. And then he, uh, yeah, he sold his house that he'd bought mm-hmm. and moved back to California. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Yeah. And okay. was like, you know, moved back to the Bay Area. Uh, and then uh, I guess at some point fairly recently, which is why it's in the news, posted an op-ed, 10 Reasons Why Austin is Not the California of Texas. Uh, and so- Oh, man. I really feel like we're about to get ripped open here. This guy's going to serve us, and I don't know, I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. Yeah, he moved his family here from San Diego. Uh, he slammed the move as an expensive mistake when he learned the state with lower income tax was a, quote, conservative dystopia. Ooh. And he said he felt cramped, even though his house was twice the size, because the heat was so oppressive. You can't uh, even leave geez. your house. You know what? It's, uh, he ain't lying. Uh, some of his complaints include Austin weather. It's too hot in the summer and too cold in the winter. Hey, you know what? What? He ain't lying. No shit, dude. <laughs> oh, he's from the part of America that is known to have that perfect never weather. Changes. And that's why all the rich people live there. That's he, why. Literally, yeah. his weather is what it's like inside an air conditioned building at mm-hmm. all times. Pretty much. Like, if you live in California, you've be- besides that, if you go to the coast, there's wind. Or if you go to the east of California, there's a deadly desert that's the hottest desert in the world. Uh, in certain parts of California, there literally just is no weather. Yeah, it's it's the absence of weather. Uh, from yeah. What I can understand. Wow. <clears throat> At Burn. Least, but, well, that's been some... Listen, I'm not trying to trash California. Parts of California I absolutely love. But I feel like some of these complaints... Let's see. Austin has weather. That's one of them. <laughs> He moaned about Yelp reviews. Uh, 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 he feels like there are good places to eat in Austin, but Yelp reviews will not tell you about which ones they are, which is 100% true. You cannot um, rely on Yelp to know where to eat in Austin. Wait, so Yelp... You have to just kind of... You have to figure it out for yourself. So I'm led to believe that Yelp works in other places. Yeah, uh, apparently in California it does. Uh, Yelp tells you... Uh, reliable information about who to hire to work on your home and where to go yeah fucking whatever yeah well at least i ain't buying it (laughs) yeah i know it's impossible to imagine i i find that impossible to imagine that yelp would be of any use to anyone wait does this guy work for yelp Mm, mm -mm. he talked about the terrible drivers can't dispute that well he ain't lying uh he talked about the uh rude locals uh it's not the southern hospitality that he expected. You know, people have a super whatever attitude out here that he doesn't think is very professional, especially when you're being served. You know, I don't know a whole lot of super fucking polite Californians. Just gonna say um, that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so fuck you. I mean, he's not making a case for Californians being polite. He just figured that Texans would be. Well, that's on you and, and your expectations. This is the one that really fucks with me. Uh, he described Texas as a bland monoculture. Mm. Um, but mm. here's the thing I have to here's the thing I have to point out. He moved to a McMansion in Bee Caves. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> um, he complains about what he calls a big luxury home obsession in the community in which he lives the, oh. and everyone he was exposed to within wow. Austin. Wow, isn't that weird? 
Hold on. I think th- I think they embedded a tweet here in this article. You find it real quick. Okay, the top 11 complaints about Texas. The weather is oppressive, no public land. Oh yeah, he complains that there's not enough places to hike and bike here in Austin. Well, not here, but in uh, Austin. I mean, like excuse me? Yeah, I don't really know where to land on that. I think that there there is There are a there's fair so amount. much public there are so many public spaces yeah. here. Yeah, there's I, so much greenbelt that is completely available to the public. I, that blows my fucking mind. Uh okay. No snowy mountains, raging rivers, and soaring arches. Oh, fuck off. I don't know. Catch our river after a rain. Uh, you'll have to wait a while. <laughs> People from home sellers to repairmen are dishonest. Yelp reviews can't be trusted to recommend good food. Us nights are rude. Um, there's only public schools. One thing I want to say real quick. Uh, most of the people that you're going to meet in Austin are not like actual Austinites. They're all a bunch of assholes like you who have moved here and yep. are sick of it. There's water restrictions and people pay 600 bucks a month for heating. You probably don't have to pay for heating if you live in California. And, oh, uh, in California, there's no drought. There never has been and there never will be. Yeah. Fucking assholes. Right. Yeah. Guess fucking what? Jesus. Uh, no diversity or different cultures. Again, he moved to bee caves. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Mm, Militaristic right schools being exposed to a new set of pathogens means new allergies. Yeah, that's what we oh call that's what we call Central Texas hazing. Fucking deal with it. Right. And people are obsessed with big luxury homes. <laughs> In bee caves. <laughs> Hold on one second. The name of my gated community is too I don't know, pretentious. <laughs> yeah, pretty well, much. I mean, really my takeaway from that, um, I mean, really, he's pretty much telling the truth on most counts. And so I would I would take this as a word of warning to anybody who is considering moving here from California. Uh-huh. And we don't live in Austin proper anymore. We've we've done been forced out by how rude Austin is. And, and, and rude and, and how, the allergies and, and the Yelp so reviews. so white. And so white. Yeah, all of that stuff. We got tired of it. So we, we moved out to the sticks. Uh to an undisclosed location don't follow us right um and don't move to austin because that guy's absolutely right yelp sucks a yelp sucks only in austin it's weird yeah it, it's, it fully functions everywhere else we're in a weird yelp hole uh you know yeah austin's a yelp hole spread i see the word. i see all these things online about how great yelp is and i'm like wow that's weird that's not i been keep my seeing yelp reviews it. about yelp that are my stars <laughs> so i know it's good does anybody accidentally when they click on when they click on Yelp to find out a, a Yelp review, you accidentally click on click on Yelp and then you get you just get the reviews of Yelp and they're all five star <laughs> reviews of Yelp and you're like, oh fuck. Um, Hashtag relatable. Oh my god, I'm looking at Joe's coffee shop on South Congress right now. They, you know that they, they've got that shit painted on the side. Uh, I love you so much. Mm-hmm. It's been there forever. Right. They wrote, I love you so much in the same. In the same kind of, like, pink on green, except for Brett Alder. (laughs) (laughs) Warwick Pool. I think Joe's Coffee is sending you some kind of cryptic message, Brett Alder. So Brett Alder uh, attempted, you know, because he's gained all this fame as being, like, a hated person, Uh at least in local circles, has done the worst thing that you can do, which is try to to make his name uh, the next Karen like try to give himself some fame yeah so he tweeted back at joe's coffee 
Don't know why Joe's coffee is being such a Brett about all this. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing that. Mm. That's not that's not it. That's not it. Yeah, you're a little off the mark. Yeah, well, fuck that guy, too. Uh, welcome to the Fuck You Report. This has been uh, Joe and Jen. This has been Joe and Jen saying, fuck you, Brett Alder. No, I'm sorry I even said his name. I don't care about this guy. He's entitled to his opinion. I mean, yeah, everybody is. But also, it's just like, uh, I don't know. Ah, the sheer cluelessness of it, am I right? Well, that's going to do it for the show, I think. Hey, uh, we did it. We did it again. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in again to the show. Uh, go check out all our social media stuff on the Instagram. Go check out the Patreon. Go do all the stuff. Check out the network. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week, as we always are. Uh, till then, I'm Joe. I'm Joe. And... Sit down, my